You know what though? I have a legit list of questions. I football questions I, I want to ask him. Like who his favorite player was. I think he I think he always em- he emulated Jim Brown's Aaron. <laughs> Ray Ruth. We can we can we can edit that out, eh? Right, so that if he <laughs> listens to the latest podcast, he... <laughs> every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Right. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Hello, hello. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. It is a beautiful morning. The sun is out. Uh, it's about the only thing the out. Temperature is rising. Yeah, which is good because we're not supposed to be out. So it is. Uh, I, I don't know if the listeners, you know, normally we don't say a date, but uh, let's be honest. I don't even know the date right now. I. Th- it's Monday. Well, the, it's the sixth. I only know this because I think today is the day they launched the curb, the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit for everybody who has lost their jobs. And actually, I read this last night that if you've applied for employment insurance, you do not have to reapply for this. It will automatically switch to whatever gives you the most money. So if you're EI payment oh, will give nice. you the most then it'll just default to that um or but also this curb if you've already applied for ei but your employer hasn't sent you a record of employment in yet you'll get a curb payment first and then it'll default to ei once that your record of employment comes in so if you've already applied for ei you know you could receive money within the next three to five days based on this curb so anyways uh kind of cool it's not a boatload of money, but it's also enough to like if you're if you're smart with your money, you should be able to pay your rent if you're a renter and uh, have enough left over. So it's a crazy time we live in, man. Yeah, it is a crazy time. You you talk, you brought up curb payment, and I thought you were going somewhere with a prostitute joke. But anyway, um, <laughs> curbside, it curbside, is. curbside, curbside, yes. curbside, yes. right. Uh, yeah, uh, you talk about a crazy time. That's what we're in. It's uh, it's unprecedented in our lifetime, and uh, you know, I, for the most part, I would say we're we're. I consider myself fortunate for what we're at, and you know, it, it could be a lot worse. You know, we're not being shipped off to war, and That's true. Um, you know, we're not uh, stuck in a in a shack with. Uh, with nothing to do, like we're very fortunate in terms of the technology we have. The fact that you and I can have this conversation, I can see you, yeah, man, hear you, yeah, and you know, uh, without missing a beat, sort of thing, it, it is pretty amazing where we're at. That being said, you know, we still need to to emphasize that everybody stay inside, stay your social isolation, your physical distancing, um, because if if one person doesn't buy in, this is just not going to stop. So we need to make sure everybody's on board for that. And I think uh, the message is slowly getting to everybody. And I know they're, they're enforcing rules and finding people who aren't following them and starting to take a bit more stricter action. Um, and hopefully it's not 
too late for that. Hey, in Quebec, they're like, you know, they started enforcing the borders. I think they, what, that was Friday where they launched the whole initiative, but they've taken it a step further. Like, so Friday, for example, I went for a, I went for a jog and I was able to jog across the Alexandra Bridge, uh, which obviously joins Quebec and Ontario. And I really wasn't even stopped. I just sort of did my route, came back, Portage Bridge, and, and came home. And uh, I tried the same thing on Sunday, and I got stopped. Uh, as a pedestrian, I got stopped. So obviously, they're, they're making it more strict by the day. <clears throat> so, you know, if you're living in Quebec and going to, going to Ontario, you better have a good reason. And if you live in Ontario trying to get into Quebec, it's a virtual no. Like, it's, there's no way they'll let you in. Uh, unless you're delivering medication to sick parents or, or a sick family member or a friend, but again, you got to have the medication on hand. Like they're, they're. It's basically a no go if you're Ontario going into Quebec. It's a little looser on the the opposite direction. But anyway, I I, I kind of support it. I, when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, this is going to really inconvenience my life. But when you think about it, it's just sort of. It's not really to separate the two provinces. I think if it, if you look at it from a political perspective, people are gonna. Oh, why are we separating? We're neighbors, and this and that. It's, it has nothing to do with that. It's just it's another way to keep you at home. Yeah, and that's you know I've heard even in between um, uh, municipalities. So uh, oh, from between Gatineau and Chelsea, I heard they've they've started putting things. That's what uh, my mother, who lives in Chelsea, was saying that you know even. You know, if my brother who lives in Elmer wanted to get to Chelsea to bring something, she's like, they'll they'll likely stop you and figure out what's going on. Now they'll probably let him go through if he was bringing something to my mom in terms of food or medication. But they are um, they are out there. Hey, so Brock, we uh, we have our this is a, we're on a new system right now. We're on the we're on the Squadcast right now, correct? Squadcast. But we have our we have our first right. <laughs> we have our first technical difficulty. And it's this one's on me. My battery is about to die. I didn't realize this MacBook kind of dies pretty quickly. I just got to plug her in. So, can we go to commercial? Well, hey, and uh, let's, let's go, go to commercial. commercial right now. When I come back, I'm gonna have this sucker plugged in. Okay, so we are back. Pep is plugged in. MacBook is charging. One hurdle out of the way. Squadcast seems to be holding up okay. Provided yep. everything works the way it's supposed to, I think we're going to be fine. Battery. I tell you, this was natural causes. Nothing to do with the Squadcast or your setup. Natural causes. That was on me. Nope. If you say natural causes, it's like, oh, it's not COVID related. Okay. So, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Thank God. We were talking about the state of the world right now in terms of this this pandemic. Uh, but we talk about sports. And obviously, we're all affected in terms of the fact that there is no sports. There's nothing going on right now. So what do we have to talk about? What do we have to do? What's scratching that sports itch um, from an entertainment standpoint? And you brought that up, that there was, you know, obviously all the sports channels are playing classic games right now. Um, so you, you know, I've seen some of the, the Blue Jays in the 92 World Series, um, seen, uh, well, I watched the 93 Bulls versus, uh, Phoenix final, uh, game six, um, to hell with Michael Jordan, uh, <laughs> Charles Barkley, I feel for you. Scotty Pippen is all world. 
Um, they're playing Washington-Pittsburgh uh, hockey games, a very classic. They, they've had a very good rivalry over the last few years, or last few years, or for over a few years, and some of these games are pretty epic. Um, have you been watching any of these? Yeah, actually, sometimes Sportsnet will play the odd, really obscure game. Like the other night I saw Pittsburgh and Edmonton. Uh, it was the first showdown between Gretzky and Lemieux. And it was in Edmonton. I thought okay. I, I'd rather see those games where I I don't even remember the outcome of that game, to be honest. I don't remember who scored what. So I'd rather see games like that where it's like really didn't get all the fanfare versus the Stanley Cup finals that uh, like a, of a series that I've seen a million times on replay. I don't know what access Sportsnet has to the vaults, if they can just randomly pick a game and put it on TV. But if they do, if I had one recommendation for hockey specifically, I'd say, like, play some games that nobody really knew, like, or nobody really would remember off the top of their head. I thought that was really interesting because to watch Lemieux and Gretzky, it was 1986 when they first faced off, by the way. And Jill Malush was the goalie for the Penguins. He had brown pads, a brown blocker, and a, a brown uh, trapper uh, against, I think it was Andy Mogu was playing in Nets that night. I think Mogu was backing up fear back in those days. And Moog wasn't very big either. He was like, I think his shoulders went to the crossbar. So it was so, it was just cool to watch. You know, it was not something you'd see every day. So I thought that was really cool. But again, you're, we're talking about like, you know, the Blue Jays, they're, they're playing, I think they're flipping back between recent Blue Jay games and uh, the historic World Series ones in the 90s. But the other night I saw David Price's first game when they traded for him. Yeah, I was going to say some of those games that aren't uh you know aren't big franchise moments as much as you know but it had a lot of fanfare uh, fanfare wasn't kevin durant at that game i think he was actually and it would end up you know, that fueled speculation right so right uh, wild stuff oh, but I, I i bought a kevin durant raptors jersey the day after <laughs> so i've been watching like a lot of I, like you i've been watching a lot of these you know vintage games classic games uh they're getting me by, but of course, you know, when you know the outcome, it it's, uh, it loses a little bit of a, the, the luster of a live game. So, but it, it's, it's, I think Sportsnet's doing all they can. You know, sports radio is really having a hard time. They're having a hard time finding topics. Like you and I almost, uh, last week, we, we really fought to say, what are we going to talk about? Like, what's, what's there to discuss yeah. in the sports world? So, you know, we, we obviously want to put thought into our show, and I know... <clears throat> been listening to the team 1200 and they're doing their best, but they're really grasping at straws for stories. So I think what they're doing is trying to get as many people on local guys, local hockey guys, either former current or yeah. uh, future, even they, I think they had an interview with a young guy in the minors. So they're doing their best to sort of keep, <laughs> keep the train moving, but it's tough. It's tough out there in the sports world. It's tough. And you know, I've talked about it like, uh, you know, almost the same sort of route where it's we don't have current topics to to really elaborate on, but we also have an opportunity where there's a plethora of athletes out there who are sitting at home doing nothing, looking for something to do. And if we can get them on and, and actually, you know, interview them, ask them some questions and get some stories and stuff, that'd be great. So we're going to work on that now that the Squadcast works. But the games that we've been watching... There's one I missed the, the one of them replayed ESPN. I don't know if it was in Canada or not, but they replayed the 2006 Rose Bowl between Texas and USC, which I remember vividly watching it. 
because um, I was on my honeymoon, and we watched the first half out of the sports bar at the resort we were at, <clears> and then Ange was tired, so we went back to the room. She fell asleep, and I watched the, the second half, which ended up being an instant classic, and I was, you know, fist pumping and cheering without making a sound to wake her up, but one of those games I miss watching. But I was just wondering, are there games when you see the classics and you keep going through and you see what's going to be on, is there a game you're like, oh, I, 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 I wish they would play that one? Well, well, for me, I wish I would play every Steelers Super Bowl from the seventies. Uh, that would yeah, be... but one that that that's entertaining. <laughs> well, the one the Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl still ranks number one in terms of entertainment on every list. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was a that pretty good game. Was, but uh, the, that college game you mentioned ranks number one on every college list for greatest college championship game. That Texas yeah. USC game. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I don't even think it's close. So uh, that was such an entertaining game, back and forth, back and forth. Matt Leinart, eh? I'm surprised he never he didn't do better in the pros. And was it just a system thing, or was it Matt Leinart? Sorry for our listeners, he was the USC quarterback at the time. Yeah, and he got drafted by yep. the Arizona Cardinals, and he was playing behind Kurt Warner. He couldn't get by Kurt Warner that first year. Actually, Warner took him to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl that I'm referring to. So what was what was Leinart's downfall in the pros? Yeah, he's left-handed. I don't know. Uh, it's not – it could be anything. You know what I mean? Like what was Ryan Leaf's downfall? It wasn't system, wasn't whatever. It was a lot of its attitude, a lot of its, you know, just work ethic, desire. You know what I mean? Like it just – Leinart's now in front of the camera, isn't he? Is he, he does uh, analysis and he's on a few of those type shows. Kind of like Jesse Palmer. You know what I mean? Like you, you sort of – I mean, Jesse wasn't the first overall pick. I don't know if Leinart was or not. But, um, you know, you just kind of transition into something else. Uh, football, I mean, sports in general takes a long time. Like when you – takes a lot out of you, I guess, what I want to say. So when you've been playing it for years on end, sometimes you, you just kind of – You lose, lose the luster? The love for it almost. Yeah. A little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, sure. Uh, sure. You know? I wasn't offered millions of dollars, but the opportunity to go to Winnipeg to to continue my playing career for, you know, whatever the CFL salary was at that point was just kind of, you know, it, the money wasn't a good enough draw to get you to go. And you just sort of, I don't know, you, you start thinking of other things, the next chapter of your life sort of thing. And if you, you get into that aspect, then it's it's kind of time to, to hang it up. Hey, and, I, you know, maybe that's what happened with him. I can respect that. It's funny. I was watching Bruce Smith's uh, football life the other night. And, you know, Bruce Smith holds the all-time sack record in the NFL. Most sacks, yeah. I, should, I should say. And he got his, <laughs> he got his uh, record-breaking sack against Jesse Palmer. Really? Yeah. It was, uh, he was number three for the Giants, I believe. And, uh, and I remember, yeah, I yeah. Did, they showed it, they showed that game when that uh, record breaking sack and it was on number three Palmer for the Giants. And I'm like, well, that's, that's pretty dubious distinction. Hey, that's, uh, yeah. Something you can tell your grandkids. He sacked me. Hey, Jesse played in the NFL for how many sack? years? Yeah. And, and he's another guy actually, I was thinking about, we should just, reach out to obviously i play with him so i can you know reach out and see if he's got time he's at home doing nothing uh but yeah he had a great career and you know <clears throat> probably played probably was in the best 
position on the field. If you're a third string quarterback, you're, I mean, he's, you know, for the majority of his career, he had a clipboard and, you know, I think all he did was write down how many, how much money he was making per game and adding it up on the sidelines on the, on the clipboard. I'm joking, obviously, but he, you know, that was a, that's a, that's a great gig. If you're making three quarters of a million dollars or whatever it is, and you're a third string quarterback in the NFL and, you know, like a Chase Daniels, Chase Daniels is, had been in the league a lot longer than I thought he was going to be. And, you know, gets in sporadically at best and goes in with no expectations because the other guy ahead of you has already, already kind of played himself out of that position. And, uh, yeah, and then any success looks good. And, you know, the, the NFL veteran salaries is really good. So, hey, anyway. Yeah. Sure. No, I and, agree. But, uh, the the biggest thing for Jesse is he's transitioned it into a, a phenomenal TV career. Yeah, he's you know? really good. Like he's on everything under the sun. Yeah, and he's good. You know, it's not like he's on there yeah, just to represent Canada. He, he's he's good. Like he's I've, his col- uh, college game days. He's really good. He knows his stuff. And when he talks about, yeah. usually he gets clo- more more Canadian press when uh, the Super Bowl's on, and they need they need the. the uh, the Canadian representative representative on ESPN right. or whatever it is, but he's good, man. I, and he knows his stuff. So everybody, yeah, I remember back guess. in the day and everybody gave him a hard time about uh, the bachelor and like, Oh, that's not going to be good for his career in terms of football. Fine. But in terms of his actual career and what he's going to be best known for, that was a perfect move. Sure. Anyway, um, we can get into more of that if we get Jesse on. These classic games, you know, obviously I would love to have the American ESPN, ESPNU type channels because I'm sure some of those classic games are ones I would love to see. But up here in Canada, one of the games I I keep watching the Blue Jays and and I see the World Series ones, I see the David Price. I want the Texas Rangers game five, the the seventh inning bat flip game. I want to see that again. You know it's coming. And is it? It's got to be. You know it's coming. But let's go. I think they're doing it in, in order of significance, maybe, because I know they're going to play the Edwin Encarnacion game this week uh, in 2016 when he hit okay. that home run and sent uh, sent the Jays to uh, the next round. Against, I think that was against the Orioles. So, you know, I think I think they're just setting us up. I think they're just going in order because that's – that. I would just jump right to that seventh inning. <laughs> if I, I mean, I would – I just watched that seventh inning. It was 45 minutes long. It was the craziest baseball I've ever seen in my life, and I was literally losing my mind because I was watching it at the McLarens with a couple of buddies, and we were just going berserk. But, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's a game I want to watch from start to finish. Yeah, I watched I, – I recorded it or tried to PVR it, whatever, and then, of course, I went on, and I was like, oh, I forgot to adjust the time. Of course, I got just to the end of the seventh, and then it cut off because it went so long. But I remember watching the game, and then – you know, Anjan made supper and uh, the kids at the table, but the table was still in view of the TV. So we'd be sitting there. And of course, I had the seat that was facing the TV. And I remember my son was across from me and uh, <laughs> we're eating the food. And then he hits the home run. I'm already, I'm swearing at the TV already because of the call. I'm swearing at what's, what's going on. So I'm, I'm right into it. And then he hits the home run. And as soon as it hit, he hit it, I slammed the table with my hand and and cheer loudly to a point that my son basically poops himself and starts crying because I just scared the crap out of him. My <laughs> daughter has no clue what's happening. And they don't they don't know I'm happy until, 
you know, I make eye contact and I'm like smiling and, and trying to give them high fives and stuff, but they think something. Anyway, I'll never forget like the, the, the look on his face when that happened. Um, hate- and now forever it's, I hate when dad watches sports because he yells all the time. Like, all right. Some people would argue that the three greatest Canadian moments in hockey, football, baseball, basketball, two of them might be Jays. You know, Joe Carter, I think, has to be up there with that. With, you, you win the World Series on a home run. Off. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. I think we've forgotten how crazy that was. But then, you know, Batista's got to be up there. That was such a crazy home run. And the, it was, the stadium was just filled with fans who've been waiting 20 years to get back here. You know, it wasn't like in 1992, the Jays were really, really good through the 80s, like really good. You know, they got they were a few games from being in the World Series all throughout the 80s with Bell, Barfield, Mosby, all, Fernandez. Like, they were good. But they sort of broke, they kicked the door down in 92, but it was a little bit to be expected. This team came out of nowhere, man. And, you know, mm. fans have been clamoring. The, 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 the landscape of sport had changed over the course of 20 years. You know, um, fans are a little crazier, if I dare I say, and I, I, I'm not complaining. So the the atmosphere was nuts. I had a couple of guys. Were you? Did you go to one of those games, Brock? That series. Uh, I went to. I feel like I remember you went to. Yeah, so it was one of the. I think it was one of those Texas games, and it was one of the. Uh, um, it was a game five against the uh, the Royals. I had gone to with. Um, um, oh my God! What's the pitcher? Espa Estrada. Espinola? Marco Estrada. Marco Estrada. Estrada yeah. is a uh, town way the hell up. Estrada. And he pitched a gem. Yeah. But that was game five to send it back to uh, to Kansas City. So we were at that one, too. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, we, we uh, Ange, myself, and uh, actually uh, Mike Pinyet, we went down to a couple games, and uh, uh, it was phenomenal. Kawhi Leonard's, I mean, they won a championship, but Kawhi Leonard shot in game seven to beat the Sixers. I mean, wow. You know, for a non-championship. You know yeah, Sorry. We should do that. We should start compiling a list. Let's put something on Facebook. Let's get everybody to submit their greatest Canadian sports moments. Let's compile them and let's let's do a little breakdown and see who ends up winning the the best. Because you got Sidney Crosby's golden goal is in there. I find a lot of the the big moments, or at least for myself, are the ones that um, that are almost instantaneous. So you talk about the the Carter home run. The walk off, the game's over. The golden goal, game is over. Um, Batista, I mean, it was the seventh inning, so you still had two innings after, but it was very much a just a, a, a instant that switches the game completely. It's not a it's not a worn down uh, down thing that again you talk about the Blue Jays and being sort of like expected when you have a team that just wears the other one down. It's it's expected. You you lose that. That instant uh, emotional roller coaster aspect, like a you know a game seven hockey overtime goal kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah, I know, I know um, what you mean. So I'm, I'd be curious to see what our listeners submit as being these greatest moments and, and what they sort of base it on. How about Jordan Eberle, that the the ju- World Junior oh goal God, in, in Ottawa? Ottawa? That I mean, that's got to be up there too, right? <clears throat> I was working at Marshy's. During that time, and I, I remember saying, I'm like, I'm just going to have a heart attack watching these guys. Like, yeah. it's nonstop. We were, I was, it, 
you know, I'd walked out to watch this last uh, last bit, whatever, and saw Everly score, and then they score in overtime, and then they have the, the same. The game against the U.S. was just as uh, intense. Um, yeah, there's a lot of World Junior. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taves taking how many penalty shots and Carey Price on the other end trying yeah. to stop them in that World Juniors. Um, there's some great moments. Anyway, you know? the list can go on. Yeah, yeah. and I, I I would be excited to see what our listeners come up with. Um, okay, so that's a to-do. I will put a note uh, about that. The other things that uh, seems to be time fillers for some sports channels is um, current NBA players playing an NBA 2K <laughs> video game tournament. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, well, they did the same thing with Madden, right? They, they had guys playing Madden, NFL guys. So oh, I didn't see the Madden one. I just saw the last night... Uh, Andre Drummond lost to, can't remember who he was playing. It was another center, 101 to 49, playing NBA 2K on their, it must be PS4 or Xbox One, or I can't remember. But it was, it's, it's painful to watch because, you know, video game basketball, unless you know every single control and every single move, it, it really is, you know, it, it's like me watching you and your brother play. I mean, it's going to be exciting for about five minutes, and I, I want the joystick, and I want to play, you know? So it's, uh, <laughs> it is what it is, man. It's, talk about time filler. I mean, that's whatever. Like, I, you know, the, the, score posted, whatever. the score posted it on Facebook that uh, they've been posting the scores of these games, these virtual games. And, uh, you know, people re- replying on the thread, oh, this is lame, oh, this is stupid. Well, what do you want? Okay, you come up with something then. You know, like, they're trying. I think yeah. it, people are just trying to get creative. It's funny. It's cute. Some people find it a, a, a hilarious. Some people find it lame. But keep the negativity aside, guys. If you don't like it, unfollow. Or just, just scroll down and co- and don't comment. Like, it's just, it's not worth the negativity. Like, what, what are we supposed to do in these trying times? You know, they're trying to get creative. It, it's, I, it's not for me, but if I was 16, I might find it interesting. I don't know. Yeah, there's an esports world out there. I don't know how this compares to the esports. Like, if everybody has to have a player, imagine every player on the squad. This NBA is like, we're going to continue playing this year, but we're all playing virtually. So everybody on your, you're playing by your as yourself on the screen, but you're playing team versus team. Be so you got guys that are just sitting on their couch doing nothing because they're bench warmers anyway. <laughs> it's waiting to get subbed in. <laughs> yeah, what's the yeah what's the uh, you can what's, fl- what button is it for celebrating another teammate's dunk? <laughs> <laughs> you can actually adjust the auto subs uh, to like manual subs, and then guys would be subbing themselves out. <laughs> no, 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 whoa, whoa, coached in. <laughs> no, no, whoa. It's amazing. Yeah, no, you know what? It's it's fun. There, those games are. By the way, I know uh, I, I don't know a ton of sports gamers anymore, but those games are so awesome. They're detailed, intricate. Uh, like, yeah, it's crazy. Very realistic. I remember one time you get a certain size for PlayStation. And sorry, I got two games. I can't put... People are like, oh, do you have this? I, I don't have any room on my PlayStation because the graphics are so intense now. They take so much memory that, you know, I have a system that can play two games max. That's it. Wild. And it, I find it... Uh, remember, somebody came into my... Oh, I can't remember. This was years ago. I had a visitor come in and I was playing... I think I was, might have been playing like baseball or hockey. And they said, oh, what game are you watching? I'm like, actually, no, I'm, I'm playing. <laughs> so that's how realistic they look, so... Anyway, uh, I find it, it's lame. Um, we, actually, it was when we were playing, when we were talking in, in the Zoom chat room the other day with the boys, uh, 
by the way, pretty cool thing. But you know, uh, Zoom has this. Uh, you know, you can get you can create these rooms where you can chat with people virtually during these times where you can't see each other in person. And while we were talking, that's what I was watching. It was two. I think it was Antetokounmpo was playing somebody, uh, and uh, I, I didn't really know what I was watching until I I realized it was video games. So fascinating. Is that uh, is that why you left? Early? That's why I left early. I wanted to see the finals. <laughs> Uh, they're also, so these guys are playing NBA. Fox Sports was airing and providing their analysis, like color commentating <laughs> a simulated NASCAR race game. Did you see I that? I did see that. Amazing. It's pretty. I mean, graphics are really good. Yeah. It was just almost as exciting as a normal NASCAR race. Yeah. But it was simulated. It's hysterical. Anyway. Yeah. It is. It, and anyway, so moving forward from that, like, what would you say or what do you think the long term effect of sports in general after this pandemic will be? I, I don't I don't think there'll be a huge effect. In fact, the, the, if we're talking, if we break it down in terms of like viewership versus actual gameplay versus salaries, I mean, we can there's different different areas we can dissect i think salaries might be affected because there's been a serious uh, revenue strain well no revenue essentially so from that perspective we might we might see this might be the reset button that some sports need in terms of their salaries uh from a from a player perspective nothing's going to change i think will the sports will, will resume i don't know if the 2020 seasons can be salvaged so let's just assume that any any season in 2020 is is done Hockey doesn't re- hockey doesn't happen. NBA doesn't happen, and their leagues are over. Football is sort of, you know, on the brink, but we don't know. CFL might fail, but next year, twenty twenty one, I think everything sort of picks up where it left off. You think so? Eh? Oh, I really do. I what? What do you 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 brought this up a couple times this week during our private private conversations, and you seem to have a perhaps another opinion because I when you asked me that question, I'm like, I don't really think COVID will have much of an effect. It might. It's affecting us, <laughs> you guys like you and I, who are like, I need sports now. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of watching whatever I'm watching. But uh, I don't know. What do you think? You know, I guess with the situation we're in, it kind of, at least for me, puts a lot of things into perspective. And I just don't know if that's going to be um, echoed across the majority of people. Uh, I think it is to a point, but... Will something be done about it? I don't know. You know, the, the, the long-time argument from some people uh, regarding the salaries that athletes are getting um, and versus salaries of, let's say, doctors and nurses and frontline workers and, and people that, um, you know, I guess in a time like this, it really shines through as to who's important. Like, who would I rather, if I'm getting sick or if I have this pandemic, who am I looking for? Am I looking for Tom Brady? No. I'm looking for, you know, the doctor on the block, the nurse, the nurses to take care of me. Um, so I don't know if, I guess, depending on how long this pandemic goes and, and how much more people are affected and, you know, understand the severity of it, um, will people have like a, I don't know, a more view, a more skewed view, I guess, of 
athletes and their salaries and have be more opinionated and say, look, I'm not, I, I don't support that. And then you say, you know, there's a lot of, again, we're very fortunate and Canada has been pretty good in terms of what they're doing for its, its, uh, its people in terms of employment and money and stuff. But, you know, a lot of people are going to come out of this in a financial situation that is not ideal to buying expensive tickets to go see sporting events can, you know, even when this is all over, over quotations, um, you know, at what point do they get back to doing large crowds? Large crowds is probably going to be longer than saying we can get out and play sports again, but we can't have a hundred thousand people in a sporting event anymore or for the next little while, which affects revenue, which affects ticket sales and prices um, you know, I guess it's, uh, companies like, again, from a CFL standpoint, I was listening to that and, and, uh, thinking of what is going to happen with their season, whether it happens or not, because they start obviously a lot earlier than NFL and college football, but they're saying it's not just, do we get the okay to leave our houses and, and play together? It's the larger crowds. It's the ticket prices. You know, the CFL relies on a lot of co- uh, corporate sponsorships. A lot of businesses are taking a hit, and that's three, four months, maybe more, of being closed and, and not bringing revenue. Are they going to do the sponsorships? Um, you know, the athlete salaries, what's that going to be like? I know that, uh, you know, the Ottawa group, the OSEG, Ottawa Sports Entertainment Group, uh, just rolled back all their salaries by 20% across the board. So there's no layoffs at this point, but they've rolled it back. So how much more are they going to have to roll back before they start laying people off? Um and it's, it's not even just a Canada thing in terms of the CFL saying, look, the Canada, we've got it under control. We can move forward. CFL happens. There's, what, 80% Americans and coaches and all that kind of stuff that are there. So if the U.S. is not through this pandemic and it's not even a, a countrywide, it's even you know state by state, they kind of handle things a little bit differently. If it's not... 100% gone there, then we just we're, we don't have the players for the CFL that are that are coming back. And anyway, I just don't think the CFL happens this year. And then you got to look long term. What does that affect? Because you know it's detrimental to a league if you don't have no revenue coming in for a full year and you know expect to kind of bounce back. So I think from that standpoint, it's going to change. I think some of the other leagues, like NFL, NBA, NHL, like the real big ones, uh, should still be okay and could probably manage with a year hiatus if it doesn't happen or a shortened season. Um, but then I think that you'll have, uh, you know, those contracts are for an X amount of games or for an X amount of uh, a season that you're supposed to be playing. So I think all those those contracts for athletes will get into a conversation as to how do they adjust those. Is it prorated? Is there something else? And then, you know, maybe there's uh, – you know, when the contracts get renegotiated, it's, you know, depending on how the, the season goes and how the, the, the teams make money, it will be directly affected too. So um, I think it's, I'm very, very interested to see how this plays out when it's all said and done. Obviously, I want to get to that point where we can discuss that because it means that we've crossed the pandemic bridge, which is paramount to anything related to sports. But once that does, and I'm confident that we will get through it, that I'm curious to see what's going to happen in terms of the sporting world. 
Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, you you make some good points, but I feel I feel like um, one thing has to happen for another thing to happen for another thing to happen for another thing. Like where it's to predict uh, these things to happen in sequences, it, it's all going to depend on how we how we behave uh, as a society. Right now, we're not behaving very well. Uh, this weekend alone, right. um, there were there's no number attached to this particular article I just found on my phone here, but um, bylaw handed out a, a, like almost over two dozen fines to residents gathering in parks. You know, the mayor's frustrated. Uh, people got to smarten up, you know, and I, I had to commute to buy some groceries. And as I was driving this weekend, you know, there were multiple people in groups of more than three, five, six, seven, walking their fam- with their families. I, I get it. Walk around your neighborhood if you have to, but these they, they made a commute to a particular trail to get outside. It's not what people want us to be doing. So, you know, if we keep acting like this, sports will, sports will not come back anytime soon. And then, you know, if we're talking having this discussion next year at this time, Brock, and we're still waiting on sports to come back, then I think everything you just mentioned will be in play. You know, I'm I have my fingers crossed that you know June, July, August we'll start to see a decline in both Canada and the United States. Well, Canada, at least anyway, for our own mental health, but I don't know what the States are doing. If we're not back to normality by September, October, you know, then people are going to start getting frustrated and breaking the rules a little bit more. And then that might take a lot longer. And like you said, it's not going to be, it's not like a light switch, right? It's not like where you flip the light. Okay. Let's all 50,000 people go into the stadium where everything's good to go. It's not going to work like that. Like, Essential services are going to be slowly reintroduced one at a time, and sports is way at the bottom of that list. So, you know, we're talking like even my own sports, you know, like people are still talking about, hey, when do I I get you my league fee, Pep? Uh, We have to pay our – look, man, there's no baseball this year, guys. Like we're not playing. You know, if we do play, it'll be a it'll be a Christmas miracle if we get to start our our co-ed rec softball league by July. So, you know, if we're thinking in the grand scheme of things, big sports, I don't think CFL happens personally. Um, the way things are the way things are trending right now, you know, I think Italy today just saw a, a, a decline in the amount of deaths. But that doesn't mean they haven't had any deaths. Just because it's on a decline doesn't mean people aren't still dying. So, you know, I don't know. I think like everything you mentioned, one thing has to happen for another thing to happen for another thing to happen. And then we'll see how if we're still in the same position in six months. And I think you're on to something. I think you might be on to something in terms of the financial impact. And maybe we see some salaries. And uh, I think baseball has to come to mind because the salaries are 300 million, 400 million for 10, 50. I don't think we're going to see that. I think I think this might be the reset button the whole world needed, really, but sp- sports in specific. And again, you you being a former pro athlete, you know that the, the window to make your money is short, especially in football. Mm-hmm. So I never criticize. These guys work hard, man. Like people think of the life of an athlete is uh, is all a picnic. No, you're working out two, twice a day pretty much all year round now uh, to keep your body fit so that someone else doesn't come and take your job. In football specifically, you're not guaranteed anything. Unless your contract gives you some guaranteed money, you could be on the street the next day. So, like, they have a short window to make this money, but, you know, how much of it now moving in the future? Uh, that, you, made, you made some good points. On uh, 
positive notes in terms of the sporting world. Uh, obviously, uh, I am learning and ready to learn to play the goalie position in hockey for a tournament that uh, was scheduled to be the end of May. And actually, it's funny you mentioned that league fees. They've actually collected this 1300 bucks or whatever it was uh, for our, our fee for that charity tournament. And uh, I asked, I said, is this even happening? He's like, well, right now they're scheduled to open the rinks May 1st. So by the end of May, we should be good. Um, anyway, That's I'm like, there's no less way. Less than a month a from now. A couple guys have transferred me money already. Yeah. A couple guys have transferred me money already, and I'm just like, just I'll end up giving it back to you anyway because yeah. this is there's no way this happens. This, the city of Ottawa uh, already uh, announced that they, they're not opening any. I don't know what the, what it's like for rinks. Fields. But no fields. It won't be open before the July 1st. Yeah. So come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, Don't get me wrong. I anyway, hope for your so, sake, but they're still. I hope for your sake, I'm wrong that you are able to play in this charity. I hope for everybody's you know. sake that we're wrong, but uh, but anyway. So I follow it, you know a bunch of the the goalie manufacturers and look at their stuff, and uh, actually reached out to uh, one of the the Bauer reps about uh, pad sizing and see if you can find anything that was you know, suitable, and he was talking about donating a pair. Anyway, yada, yada, Bauer, along with a couple other companies I know have, and obviously non-sports companies have done it too, but they actually transitioned, and they're making masks for everybody, for healthcare workers now, so they've kind of transferred their uh, manufacturing side to make healthcare uh, masks. The N95 style mask, yeah. I know there's... Yeah, uh, I think more of the, the clear sheet. Anyway, they're making a, f- a variety of them, but um, yeah, this was a while back, but I just know that uh, companies are, are stepping up and doing the right thing. So I, Bauer's the one that I can 100% say they're doing it. I know there are others. I don't have the names off the top of my head, but you know, we all know that it's happening, and it, it's really it's kudos to uh, those businesses um, of really stepping up in time of need, and it, and it's uh, it's encouraging from a humanity standpoint. Hey, it's very encouraging to see Canada's political parties just take, sort of take a step back and uh, gather together to come up with solutions versus be at each other's throats, even from uh, you know a virtual standpoint. Um, shout out to them, Bill Carroll on CFRA. He's put aside his political views. I like Bill Carroll too, by the way, but he's put aside his political views. Most people have. Most people are applauding the prime minister's at least his effort uh, to make some mm-hmm. sense of this and get money out to people. And you know he's having certainly he's having con- consult from the PC party and the uh, NDP, and I think they're all sort of gathering, getting together for a, for solutions versus you know uh, a chance to one up each other politically. I don't. Same can't be said for our uh, friends south of the border, but you know I do think it's been a really great time to uh, maybe just reevaluate what's really important. And these politicians who spend every waking moment trying to one up their opposition, I think now they realize there's more important things in life. So um, good on them. Uh, that's all I have to say. I'm really proud to be Canadian. And uh, I hope I do have some American friends who are nervous. Uh, one is a doctor in Chicago. So, you know, I wish her, Mel, I wish you all the safety and health. And I hope that you're having the uh, the support that you need from your government and from your local governors and 
uh, it's wild times, man. It is. All right. Um, that's basically all we got. So look at uh, the Facebook page. We'll, we'll put that out there. We're going to put that poll. We're going to start to compile the best Canadian sports moments mm-hmm. ever. I like it. And uh, we will whittle it down to see who we, who we would crown as being the champion, the, the greatest moment in Canadian sports history. Um, and uh, other than that, get outside. It's a beautiful day. Uh, hopefully, this doesn't go till September in the fall but if it happens to maybe a huge snow dump will force everybody to stay inside um but let's not get there do your part people let's get through this all right pep yeah, enjoy man. the rest of your day you too pal i'll put this together hopefully it sounds as good as i hope it does and then uh we'll be back next week this song has been on the radio and it's been pretty catchy Khaled, know your worth Feeling down.